Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Du L, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, July 3rd, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 95, the third paragraph, starting if he is sincerely interested. Today's readers are Patty M., reading the 12 steps, and Marie, reading the 12 traditions. Uh, my main readers for the text are Monica T., Deb W., Naomi B. The reference number for yesterday, Thursday, July 2nd, uh, share ID number is 7791. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through their share, experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OE is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive, compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Patty M. to read the 12 steps. Hi, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Go ahead, Patty. Okay, thank you. Hi, this is Patty M. from California. And I will be reading the 12 steps, and thank you for your service, Stu. Um, this first step, one, we admitted we were powerless over food, and then our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe in a power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Patty Ann. Uh, I will now ask Anne-Marie to read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning, Do, and thank you for your service. This is Anne Marie M., uh, currently in Rhode Island, um, Recovered Compulsive Eater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name in any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Uh, how our meaning works. Our meaning focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions of the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us no, by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 95 um, on the third paragraph starting if he is sincerely interested. And I will um, ask Monica T to begin our reading. Good morning, Do. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T., presently in Vermont. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God... The desire must come from within. And once again, my name is Monica T. 
And here we are in Working with Others, uh, the chapter, and we are being, again, in each paragraph here, we're being given direct ex explicit instructions of how to guide somebody through the big book, how to guide them through our process. And here it says, you know, if if he's, he seems really interested, you know, well, why don't you ask him to read this book, or at least read the Roman numerals page of this book and then you know get back to me and then um, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on you know that is so important and I had to learn that myself as a sponsee and as a sponsor as a sponsee you know I thought for, for a number for a long time that I was ready that I wanted this but you know what I was still clawing away and being resistant and not really being willing or being in enough pain and then finally I was and um, thank God you know uh, nothing anybody said or did would have helped me I had to decide this for myself that this is what I wanted and what helped me with that it was seeing recovered people, the change in them, the way they talked, the way they spoke, the way they looked, the twinkle in their eye, the peace about them. And I wanted that. I wanted that. He should not be pushed or prodded. And, and you know, it, it doesn't work. I've tried it. But as a sponsor, I tried. I learned very quickly. You know, Monica, don't leave them alone. And then the, the last sentence, if he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And that is so, so important. I must want this. I must want this because no one else can do it for me. But it's And it's all between God and I, me and God. That's the bottom line here with working these steps is getting this relationship with him. And I've got to want this. It is work. But, oh, my God, it's so worth it, you know, for those who have passed over. It's so worth it. Thank you, God. And I pass. Thank you, Monica. And as I open it for sharing, um, please, as a reminder, don't forget to announce your first initial of your last name and keep the sharing to three minutes. Um, who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? I heard Bella. Kate, who else? Katie. Kate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Well, start off with Bella G. You're up next. You're up Vasa first. O. Vasa O. So I have Bella G, Katie F, and Vasa O. Bella, you're up. You start Thank the first one. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, do for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I really like this paragraph. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. Wow. And yes, I remember that all my life I heard you don't have the willpower. You don't have the willpower. And I really believe in this. Yes, I am, I am overweight because I don't have the willpower. And when I was doing step 
before I realized that yes, I wanted so much the power and I believe that I have the power to change not only me and not only you, to change the whole entire world. And thank you, God, thank you, God, that now that I'm in the program, it's so it's such a freedom for me to say that I am that I have my limitations. I am I I don't know everything and I cannot do everything. I just have one power to choose, to choose the right choice one day at a time. And it's okay, sometimes I choose things that it's a mistake and it's okay. But I have the power to choose and I have the power to choose to be connected to God. Yes, today God for me is not a punishing God. Is a God is a power of love, of accepting, and I have the choice to choose to choose to be connected to this power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Katie F, you're up next. Okay, hi. This is Katie F, a recovered over eater in Virginia, and I have a love-hate relationship with this paragraph because I have all these family members that have been in and out of the rooms, and I still these ideas that I just need to say this or I just need to do that. The other day when um, I was hearing the announcements about the uh, conference coming up in October, I thought, I know, I'll, uh, I'll suggest that they all come as a sister's weekend away, and then they'll be in the hotel, and they'll hear all these speakers, and they'll get it, and they'll want it. And it's like, no, that, you know, I had to laugh at myself because it says right here in black and white, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. And, you know, I've been asked 27 years in front of these people, and it's just my pride that says, you know, I'm doing something wrong. Um, why don't they want what I have? You know, people ask me to sponsor them all the time. Why don't they want to? Um, why don't they want to recover? Why don't they want to do what I do? And you know, it just doesn't work that way. And it's the same with the people that are calling me. Some of them call me once and say, "Can I call you again? Thank you so much." And I never hear from them again as long as I live. And other people I've been friends with for 27 years. So, um, and they're recovered, just like I am. And so it's not um, about some magic words that I can say. This is an inside job that God does to someone, just like he did to me. It wasn't um, no, you know, no, uh, no uh, AA or OA evangelist came knocking on my door and said, we've got a solution for you, and we think that you should do this, and why don't you come along to our meeting? And, you know, it just doesn't work that way. I had to be so sick and tired of myself and my inability to be honest that I had to be willing to do whatever someone told me to do. And that is what has to happen with someone else. They have to be sincerely interested. Sincerely interested is not me sending them yet another email saying, I listen to this meeting uh, every day if you are ever interested in being on it. You know, I've done that before, 
I did that uh, in July of 2012, and there are people that are on this meeting as a result of me doing that. And then all the rest of those people, I don't know whatever happened to them. So I'm just so, I'm actually grateful for this paragraph. I should just, you know, have it tattooed on my arm so I don't forget that it's not up to me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Uh, Vasa O, you're up next. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Drew, for your service. And I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Massachusetts. I love this paragraph. It's so it's so easy, but it was really hard for me at the beginning when I started uh, taking people through the process or coming, introducing them to come to OA. But I've learned over the years, uh, if he's not interested in your, in your solution, just to leave them alone. And I wasted a lot of many hours on people that were not ready or didn't want it. So, uh, you know, as, uh, as I said, I'm always learning how to do it better the next time, you know. And I know for me, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I lost the power over the control with, with the food. And I needed to find a power greater than myself, and I was so elated. I said, I, I, will, I, I will surrender. I, I will do whatever you tell me to do. You know, I'll get on my knees. I'll pray to God. If that's going to work, I'll do it. But I was so desperate. So um, uh, let me see. It, uh, it says here, if he expects you to act only as a banker for his financial difficulties or a nurse for his I'm not a nurse. I'm not a banker. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a money advisor, you know. Uh, again, I'm just, you know, here to pass it on and to, you know, I'm a food addict, you know, and uh, the solution is right here. I don't even have to say much. Just get the big book and and read it, you know, for yourself. If you don't believe me, read it for yourself like I did. When I get the big book, I could not wait to go home and read it. It was just amazing what I was reading and, you know, the solution, the allergy. I said, wow. It was like a big mind. It was like awakening for me. So, again, it's all here. I don't have to do anything. I'll be happy to read it with them, and I'll be happy to share my experience, you know, my strength that I've been able to get through the 12 steps. And I used to, I mean, I did the first three steps, one, two, and three, and do the 12th step, and I skipped the others. But then I started learning one step at a time, Vasa. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Uh, is there anyone else that would like to share on this paragraph? Sally? Larry? I'm Kim sorry. Lee? I heard someone before... Larry and Kim. Amy. Reva P. Nessa. Okay, this is what I have uh, so far. Larry, Kim, Amy G, Reva, and um, I didn't get the last person. Nessa. Thank you. Okay, we'll we'll go with those. And we'll add Sally to that. So let's let's start off with uh, Larry. You're up first, and then uh, Kim. You'll be next. 
Hey, dude. Um, thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Um, you know, th- th- this is um, th- this one is it, this paragraph is a little bit interesting in the sense that you know it's it's this this notion of you know if if the if the the candidate the prospect is not interested you know we leave them alone. Um, so, but how do I know if they're interested? You know that ta- you know how do I know if they're interested? That's um, you know that'd be great if it was really clear and. Listen, everybody who I run into, um, who I, and I'm not talking about people outside of program because I run into plenty of people in program, um, they're all interested. And when I talk to them, not only are they interested, they are passionately interested. Nobody calls me lukewarm interested. You know, so based on that, you know, for me, it says, if, you know, if, if your prospect is not interested, leave them alone. Yeah, I'm not chasing anyone down. They're very interested. So then you would presume that they're all interested, so don't leave them alone. But here's the, here's the deal for me. The, the one thing that I would add here is that, you know, I don't, words, my words were very, very cheap. My words were very cheap. Um, I said a lot of things. In fact, when I said those things, I really believed that that's what I wanted. As I as I went from one sponsor to the next, and during the first five years, I had eight sponsors in the first five years, and I can guarantee you, every single one of them, I articulated a message that I want this, but my actions spoke loudly. My words were very, very cheap. So what I do today is I don't judge someone's words. I I presume that everybody wants this, but their actions will tell. And when their actions speak, if they are not, this is not a practical program of contemplation. It's not a practical program of analysis. Um, You know, it's a practical program of action. So when do I leave them alone? When their actions don't, you know, don't follow through. They're incongruent, as I was. I was incongruent. And so that's when I leave them alone is when their actions don't <clears throat> when their actions don't align with what their words said, and then I leave them alone. I don't judge. Thank God for this program to save my life. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Uh, Kim G, you're up next, followed by Amy G. Good morning, Do. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. What clear-cut directions? You know, if he's not interested. Now we're looking at if he is interested. You know, I, my, my personal experience is that a lot of people want to sponsor, but very few want to actually be sponsored. You know, it says that have them read this book. I mean, the way that I often do it is I give them an assignment, um, and very often no one calls me because that what they want is someone they can call in that moment when they want to eat to get that temporary respite, to get them through that 20 minutes, that specific bad feeling. But they don't want to do the work to have the total freedom from the mental obsession. You know, I often tell the people I work with when they start sponsoring, grab three to five five people and offer to take them through the doctor's opinion. And they're like, oh, my God, no way. I, I don't have that much time. And I'm like, you don't understand. If you grab three to five people, you're lucky. You're lucky if two people take you up on it. Because that's the, that's the insidiousness of this disease. We want out, but we don't want to do the work. 
you know, I, I often make this glib joke, you know, if, it, you know, Bill Wilson can come back from the grave, and if someone's not willing, they're not going to recover. But if you're willing to do this work, Mickey Mouse can sponsor you through this work because it's not about the person guiding you. It's whether you do the work that's there. You know, I remember someone telling me that, you know, when I'm working harder than the sponsee, I need to let them go. This is intensive work with other alcoholics, we're told, in the beginning of this chapter. But it shouldn't be draining. It shouldn't be draining because we should be getting lit up because we're watching someone else get lit up. You know, um, I, I lost my train of thought. Uh, the other thing is, you know, it tells us on page 25 is that we lay this spiritual toolkit at someone's feet, but they have to pick it up. And if they're picking it up, awesome. I am there 100%. But if that person doesn't want to pick it up, there's nothing I can do. Absolutely nothing I can do. So for those of you who are, are, are contemplating whether to do this path, I just want to give this analogy. If you get diagnosed with cancer, stage four, and your doctor lays out a treatment plan of how many days you have to go to, to chemotherapy and, and get radiation and what you have to do, most people, I think, will lay down their life entirety and make their life around that. But do you go in and try to negotiate with the doctor? Well, no, I only want to do you know, chemotherapy twice a week. I don't want to do it three times a week, and I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that. No. But think about your attitude towards recovery. You're being told you have this deadly disease. You're in stage four, and yet many, many, many people, including myself for years, negotiated what this treatment plan was. If you want recovery, stop negotiating and ask yourself this one simple question. How free do you want to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Uh, Amy G., you're, you're up followed by Reva P. Good morning, you. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Yes, powerful shares. Great meeting, everyone. Thank you. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. I remember when I first started sponsoring, you know, I, I, I failed miserably. And I didn't fail miserably. It's just because the statistics of this disease, because of the warped Mental obsession, and I can use myself as an example, and as Larry had mentioned, you know, five years, almost five years in and out of the program because I was unwilling to take action and unwilling to put myself aside and unwilling to admit powerlessness and still desperately wanting it. Yes, I was sincerely interested. There's no doubt about that. But I was unwilling. And the statistics were, you know, that that for most of us, many of us, Many of us don't get it, and it's scary because there's a lot of people that do need it and that are dying of this disease just as I was. But because of this mental twist, this quirk that says even if I have stage 4 cancer, like Kim's talking about, no, I think I'll try something else first. You know, let me put that one on the shelf, okay, and let me try it my way just one more time, just one more time, that insanity. And if I remember how I was, in the beginning, I need to remember that as a sponsor, that I'm just as powerless over your disease as I am and was over mine. And I have to always remember that. And if we look back to page 94, it says, maybe you have disturbed him about the question of alcoholism. This is all good. If I'm a sponsor and all I do is disturb you about the question of alcoholism, I have done my job. I leave the rest up to God. As heartbreaking as that is, I leave the rest up 
to the disease to do the convincing and the program to do the talking. I remember when I went to my first meeting and those first five years, I kept questioning every binge at that point because before program, I had never even heard of the word compulsive overeating. I didn't even know what that meant until I came to that meeting. But then every binge from there on out, I thought, hmm, I wonder. You know, they say OA is like the mafia. Once you get in, you never get out because it ruins all your binges and you know too much. So every binge I would question, is this true? Is this truly, truly who I am? Is this truly who I am? Talk about disturbed about the question of compulsive overeating. That's what a meeting did for me. That's what sponsors did to me. They continued to love me, and they continued to disturb me about the question of alcoholism and compulsive overeating. I'm, yes, I was interested, but the timing is all between me and my higher power and my willingness and when the pain of where you are gets mad enough, gets bad enough, you'll move. And that's what happened to me. And the scary thing about this disease is it's, it's happy to keep you in pain for the rest of your life. It's happy to kill you. This disease wants you dead. That's the way it works. But the reality is we have hope, we have a solution. And as a sponsor, my job is to say, here I am, here's what happened, here's what it's like. I lay out the spiritual kit of tools at the feet. And I see if they're willing to pick them up or at least try to pick them up, and I will continue to work with you to the best of my ability, but I will carry the message. I will not carry the compulsive overeater, and there comes a point in time where the actions will absolutely speak louder than the words. I couldn't have put it better myself than what Larry said, and at that point, we have to be willing to do what is necessary and then move on and disturb someone else about the disease of compulsive overeating and without a pass. Thank you, Amy G. Reva P., you're up next, and followed by Nessa. Good morning. This is Reva P., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, What strikes me in this paragraph is, for the first time, I see the word ask him. Up until this point, it's been talking about just listen, 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 don't jump in, don't get too passionate, listen. And as has been said before, this is a program of action, and here it's so brilliant um, how our founders um, are guiding us because the only thing I'm asking, the first thing I ask somebody who says they're interested is could you read the book? Could you read a chapter of the book? That's all. That's all the action I'm asking someone to take. So this program is very gentle. I'm not asking them to do all 12 steps by tomorrow. Um, and if that one small action, if the person's willing to do that, that's the beginning. That's opening the door a crack um, to begin the rest of the action steps. So I find that just brilliant. And the other part I wanted to focus on is about the desire must come from within. And that reminds me that willingness, as has been said so many times on this line, is an inside job. And for myself as a sponsee and then as a sponsor, first for myself, um, I always thought before I came to program that if I just got the outsides fixed up, my body my finances, my career, um, my relationships, if I just got all that outside stuff lined up, all the pegs in a row, life would be wonderful. And 
the way it works is totally the opposite. Recovery is an inside job. It's all about working on my inner self, um, including the food, the inner, the physical, emotional, spiritual, but it's an inside job. And when I focus on my relationship with my higher power and doing the work, the outsides change without efforting, and it's just miraculous. Um, The other thing that this reminded me is if program is an inside job and if it's all about him finding God, my job is not to do the best lecture and the best coaching and the best um, persuasion from intellect. All I'm really doing is helping that person find a power greater than themselves who can restore them to sanity by guiding them through the steps. So my main purpose is to help somebody develop their relationship with their concept of a higher power um, and to keep the focus on that. That's all I have to share, and thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you very much, Riva. Uh, uh, Nessa, you're up next, and followed by Sally A. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., uh, recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, I know for me, when I was in um, full-blown active addiction, there was nothing anybody could do or say to convince me that I needed to do something about it. And even uh, my first nine years in the room, um, accomplished nothing, Um, accomplished nothing. But when I was ready, when I was ready, the teacher appeared. And so when I I face people in uh, in my life, you know, some loved ones, acquaintances, who, who need the program, but either don't want the program or don't even realize that they need the program, I, I leave it alone. It's not my job to pontificate, um, to try to convince any more than anybody could have convinced me. Um, you know, frothy emotional appeal didn't work for me. It won't work for them either. Um, you know, even people are interested when they see the initial weight loss, et cetera. Um, Soon they lose their interest when I tell them what's involved. It's like their spirits uh, rise when they think that, that I found the magical cure that I can pass on to them. And then they fall when I tell them, well, you know, there's a serious amount of work involved. Um, so what, I, what can I do for them? What can I do for them? I can do two things. I can pray for them that they will become teachable like I became teachable. And I can also be uh, a role model, a power of example, because this is a program um, of attraction rather than promotion. And the best attraction is um, seeing recovered people, not only uh, physical, you know, people in trim bodies, but people who, who go about life um, successfully, see people who know how to manage life. It's not only seeing, um, I guess in this case, me, uh, from one summer to the next, wearing the exact same clothes because I don't need to go shopping because I don't know what's going to fit in my closet, you know, so I can wear the same things over and over and over again year after year after year. But it's also how I react um, in, a, in, in challenging situations, in adverse situations that, um, that is, is attractive. I mean, that's what attracted me to my, to my sponsor and that's what I can do for those who need it but don't know they need it or who need it and don't want it. Um, and, and pray for them that one day they, uh, God willing, will, will find it like I did. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Nessa R. Uh, Sally A., you're up. Good morning, Do, and good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater, and yes, a lot has been said, but I want to draw your attention to a couple of things that the big book says about this particular sentence that we're reading this morning in the middle of this paragraph. It says, if he is, if he is sincerely interested, we've already covered the guy who's not interested in the last paragraph. Now they're going to cover the guy who is sincerely really interested. And he wants to see you again. Ask him to read this book in the interval. That's what it tells us. Ask him to read this book in the interval. Before you see him again, tell him, read this book. Then we'll talk again. That's what they're basically saying. If he really is sincere, tell him to read this book. Now look, at the bottom of page 94, we were just there. The very last sentence, it says, if he shows interest, Lend him your copy of this book. Hello? Page 96, which is where we're heading, in the middle of the page, it says in that middle paragraph, suppose now you're making your second visit to a man. He has read this book. He's read this volume. And he says and he, says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. So over and over again, we're here in the, in the chapter working with others, right? We all want to do service. We want to be helpful. That's our love and tolerance is our code, and we want to be helpful. They're giving us very clear direction. Now take a look at the very last sentence in the doctor's opinion, because from the very beginning of the book, and I could take you to the forward, and it says things about this in the forward, but let's just go to the last sentence in the doctor's opinion. It says, I earnestly advise every alcoholic and i earnestly advise every food addict to read this book not a piece of it through read this book through and though perhaps he came to scott he may remain to pray so he's telling us tell them to read this book now at the end of the chapter how it works the last paragraph in this book you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Okay, it says more, and you can read that on your own. But back to where we are today. We're in working with others. Look, I, I love the way Kim said it, and I'm going to say it again. A lot of people come to me on a daily basis. I get a lot of phone calls, and they're people that really they express with earnestness. They sound pretty sincere that they want to get well. Once and for all, they want to get well, and they want to know what to do. And the minute I start telling them what to do, and I give them some simple, sincerely simple, specific directions, and one of my directions is read this book. Go and read this book. Right away, I have to wonder, are they going to come back? You see, we always say, how do we know they're ready? How do we know they're desperate? The book tells us, tell them to read this book. And let me say in closing, look, if you get cancer, I know because I do hospice nursing. If somebody gets cancer, it is a lot of work to get well. They have to understand that the doctor is going to give them a whole lifestyle of things they have to do to get well. And they're going to work hard if they want to be a cancer survivor. And if you want to be a food addict survivor, it takes hard work for about three months. And then it calms down. 
And this is what you have to do. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, don't waste your time. Ask him to read this book. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Um, I'd like to also chime in on this uh, paragraph before we continue on the paragraph. Um, my name is Du L, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And what, what I see here is um, a couple of things. You know, it says, if he decides, um, uh, and he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on, uh, he should not be pushed or prodded. So, you know, as a sponsor, it's not my job to convince someone of, you know, this program. It is, um, you know, some will, some won't, so what? We keep it moving on. Uh, some, you know, we come to this meeting and everybody hears the same message and you're wondering, well, how come some people get it and some people don't? Um, you know, and what what I love is what I heard a couple of days ago is that, you know, it needs to target the heart. Uh, people have to get this at the heart. And if they don't get it at the heart, you know, you can say all the wrong things. And if someone's really ready to hear the message, uh, they will get it. It doesn't matter what you say. You know, and by the same token, if they don't want it, you can say all the right things and someone, <laughs> you know, that's hearing it and it's not ready, they will not hear the message. They will not get the message. So for, my job is not to convince them, is not to give them a higher power, is not to give them the willingness. My job is to come alongside them and help them and focus on what we're here for. And it's the steps to to carry them through the steps, to show them the steps. And, and it's found in this book. You know, and they can have, everybody has the same opportunity. Everybody has the same opportunity, you know, and that's the great news of this is that everybody can get this, you know, but it has to come within them. It has to come from within them. And it's not my job to carry the compulsive overeater. It is not my job to convince them. It is not my job to help them, you know, uh, to get the desire. It has to come from them. You know, and the disease, as mentioned before, the disease will bring them into that state of reasonableness. It will, it will push them. And if you're not ready, you know, that's okay. Just keep coming. Keep coming. Keep listening. And, and you know, and the disease is doing the work for you. Anyways, <laughs> so, so, but it's good when people do get it and they do get into the message and they are able to recover because, they pick up the spiritual toolkit. They do the work. Um, and they have to do that. You know, it's the individual that has to do the work. The responsibility falls on the person doing the work. And that's one of the things that I learned from my sponsor initially, that the responsibility fell on me to recover. It wasn't my, jo- my, my sponsor's job to, help, to, to get me recovered, but she was to come alongside me and help me to recover. And that's it. You know, that's, that's what we have here. So I'm going to open it up uh, for more sharing on this paragraph. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Penny C. Leah. Penny C. Leah. Uh, I'm sorry, I heard someone else, but... This is Janice. Janice. Sherry Kay in Georgia. 
and Sharon Kay. Uh, we'll start off with those. We'll see how much time we have. Uh, so Penny C, you're up first, followed by Leah M. Hi, everyone, and thanks, Stu, for, for uh, moderating this meeting. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. I'm looking at just one word, prodded. Prodded, what does that mean? Um, well, the first meaning I found was to poke as with a finger or a, or a sharp object, to poke at somebody. And I get the visual of just maybe teasing one of my young grandchildren and and just, you know, poking them with my finger. And their response almost always is something like, what? What do you want? Or don't or stop. And and that's exactly what I think this, this sentence, he should not be pushed or prodded, is saying to us, you know, the person that we're doing that to usually just wants to withdraw, get away, uh, wants nothing, nothing more to do with the person who's poking or, or prodding him. And so what we're told in other parts of this book is that people watch us, that it's our actions more than what we say, more than what we preach, and we, we, we ought not preach according to this book. But it's what we, what we do, how our life has changed. And so we make, I make, a sincere effort to let, let people know what it is this book offers, what the program offers, what I do, what I was like, and, and what I do now to change that. And never, never poke or pride or try to push somebody into the program. It just doesn't work. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Um, we'll have Leah M. next, followed by Janice. Thank you very much, Stu. Hey, everybody, it's Leah M. He must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. You know, <laughs> um, I certainly identify in with with this type of par with this paragraph. Um, you know, pain drives you here, and if you leave, pain will drive you back if you're lucky. Um, you know, we don't have to twist anybody's arm. Uh, we don't have to sell out to newcomers or retreads. Uh, you know, and and prepare a softer package for people. Um, you know, sometimes people try to sell out to save a newcomer to give you what you want to hear so we don't lose you. But the reality is if you're new, uh, you know, we have an inexhaustible supply of newcomers or people who have been in the OA rooms for years or decades. Um, you know, and they're not always looking to identify in. They're looking for ways to justify their departure. This this is serious business, you know. Uh, you know, oftentimes they want to get well until they learn that they have to separate from their binge foods. Um, you know, for me personally, when the pain of compulsive overeating became greater, 
greater than the discomfort of not compulsive overeating in those early days, I was ready. You know, when, when the vice of compulsive overeating had turned its, you know, grip on my neck over and over and over again, back in the food, back in the food, back in the food, and I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> and there was no, you know, no one had to twist my arm. I was done. I was finished. You know, everybody's talking about cancer diagnosis. In 1995, uh, my husband was diagnosed, who I love very dearly. Uh, you know, my, my husband was diagnosed with stage four cancer. It was June 20th, 1995. Um, and, you know, he was on that operating table three days later, um, having, you know, his colon removed. There was no, uh, you know, contemplation and should we, should we not, you know, uh, am I really a stage four cancer uh, victim? You know, we got him in there so that the divine surgeon could do his work. <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing. You know, I encourage everybody to read the language on page 186 when Bill when Bill W. and Dr. Bob went into Bill B., who had been hospitalized eight times in six months, and they asked him a few questions. Do you want to quit drinking? It's none of our business about your drinking. We're not here trying to take any of your rights or privileges away, but we have a program whereby we think we can stay sober. And part of that program is we take it to someone else that needs it and wants it. And now, if you don't want it, we'll not take up your time, and we'll be going and looking for someone else. The next thing they wanted to know was if I thought I could quit on my own accord without any help, if I could just walk out of the hospital and never take another drink. You know, that is the language and that is the positioning that we take. Uh, you know, it, it's not uh, tiptoeing through the tulips in the business of addiction. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Uh, Janice, um, you're up next. Good morning. Good morning, Du. Thank you so much for your service. And good morning. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, I'm I'm grateful for everybody's sharing this morning. So many good things for me to hear and be reminded of. And, you know, why do I do this? Why do I work with others? You know, I have to keep that in mind, that I work with others because it keeps me in recovery, because it keeps me in that place where I'm carrying the message. Because if I don't share and carry the message, I will be one of those people who who just doesn't think it's worth it to stay and leaves the rooms. You know, I, I do this because it reminds me every day the wonderful gift and blessing of being in recovery. It's a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful blessing. But I don't know about you, but I got to be oh so careful of my ego. Even sharing on this line, I have to be careful of my ego. You know, do I think I have some big profound thing to say to you? I surely do not. What I do have is my own experience. And that's what I like to share with a newcomer or someone coming back or someone who's struggling, who's in the rooms and hasn't yet found the recovery they're seeking. All I can share is my own experience, strength, and hope just like they did by writing this down in the big book. You know, we, we have a big book that we can offer that people far wiser and more uh, literate than me wrote it all down so that I would have an aid to help when I share. 
But whether or not they're ready, whether or not they want it, whether or not this is their time, I sure don't know that. I do know it's my time to share. I do know it's my time because the desire must come from within. And I know what works for me. If I don't share, if I don't carry the message, I won't stay. I won't be here. I won't get the blessings that are there. It's a program of action for me, just like it's a program of action for that newcomer. So I'm so grateful for all of you on the line, grateful for this meeting, grateful to study this wonderful big book because it gives me directions and reminds me of who I am and what I'm up against and why I do what I do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Janice. Sharon Kay, you'll be our last year. Thank you. This is Sherry Kay in Georgia, grateful, compulsive over here. Um, recovered. Um, I I believe that not every sponsor sponsee relationship is um, well, not every, but sometimes um, that relationship is is not always a good match. And um, and when I when I sponsor, I sponsor. Um, I hope I do. Um, from the heart rather than my head. When I sponsor from my head, somewhere up in there lives an ego. And, um, you know, and I can always tell whenever um, it's uh, popping its head up when I'm, you know, when I'm uh, sharing with someone. Um, and, and also I want to say that um, I I want to um, be a sponsor uh, to someone, um, um, I, I, I want, it's the same as me having a sponsor and the kind of sponsor that I, that I want and need. Um, and so I give that same thing back um, just with um, kindness and, um, and compassion and um, um, you know, it's just, it's a wonderful journey. Um, I, I, I just try to bring all that to the, to the relationship. Um, but at the same time, I use totally the, the book um, as a guide. And, and all those things are, are, are in the big book uh, about how to do all that. And I'm so glad we're reading this, this we're studying this chapter. Um, Anyway, I, I feel like I just kind of mumbled everything, but uh, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we have a quick one-minute share if someone wants to chime in. Okay, I guess we'll close up the meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Um, thank you to all my readers. Uh, thank you to... Patty M, Anne Marie, Monica T, Deb W, and Naomi B um, for staying on the sidelines. Thank you to everyone who shared. We will now close the reading from the big book on page 164. And I will have Deb W um, uh, do that reading on page 164, followed by the surrendered prayer afterwards. 
Good morning. This is Deb W., uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.